The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Create a career and a life you love. Welcome to Bring Your Soul to Work with Mo Fall. Hello and welcome to Bring Your Soul to Work. Today we're actually going to talk about a very interesting concept between your physical self and your soul. Did you know that there are layers and layers around your physical body? And even though we don't really know where your soul resides, we're going to go into it and we're going to talk about it because the topic for today is how to stop giving away your power at work. And the only reason this is a problem is because we don't understand the things that aren't seen as well as the things that we think we understand in the seen world. And when we break it down into science, it is Newtonian science, which is the physical world. We're going to talk a little bit about that so that we can then break through that into the next realm. If you're new to Bring Your Soul to Work, I am Coach Mo Fall. I am the founder, creator, and kick-assiest of the kick-ass coaches in a beautiful 12-week transformational journey that we take women through in order to help them find their true essence of their soul and their self, bring their soul to work, and land their dream jobs. We're really darn good at it, if I do say so myself. And what it requires to really take a transformational journey is an element, not an element, it's not an element, it is a commitment I was going to say an element of commitment, but it's not an element of commitment. It is a commitment. It takes a commitment to go into the unknown in order to change the known. I want you to stop and think about that for a second. If you're one of my clients, welcome. And I can't wait to have you dive a little bit deeper into one of these concepts that you know about, but it's always good for being reminded of exactly what this human journey is about. So again, diving into the unknown to change the known. And what we see with our eyes, let's just start there because this is the beginning of the journey into the real self that allows other people to hijack you. If you're not in your power at work, if you are giving away your power at work, you're probably also giving it away in other parts of your life to let you know that as well. So if you're feeling bad, if you're feeling taken advantage of, manipulated, trounced on, if you've been displaced, marginalized, pushed aside, fired, let go, furloughed, all that, There's something going on within you that you could change. Even if everything is going hunky-dory glory, 
chances are there's still something inside of you that has to change because everything that we do in our lives is living out our true purpose, which is growth. So I know it's really easy to think about the fact that, well, I'm really talented, Mo, in knitting, so I need to be a knitter for my work. Not necessarily. You could choose to do that and you could give that a, a, a go and, and see what could happen of that. Or if you're a professional woman, and that's those are the people we work with, uh, with an education, expertise, and experience. Um, and, you know, some of our women don't have formal education, but they have education enough that they are good at their professional work. And if you are giving away your power at work, if you are feeling depleted and down and that you're not where you ought to be, it's probably not a case of doing the wrong thing. Most of the women we work with, I mean, like 98% of the women we work with, and many of them ready to like throw their profession out the window, find that when they get to their soul and they get to know themselves at a deep level, they're actually in the right work. But what happens is that if you deplete yourself, you think everything's wrong. So you're going to make really lousy decisions based on the fact that you feel lousy. You're going to resonate with bad decisions because you feel crappy and you're desperate and you think that this will be a band-aid to do something like this. So, and we rescue women from that level of desperation all the time. As a matter of fact, um, let me just shout out the ways that you can find out more about what I do. And you can watch my free webinar at mofall.com slash masterclass. And how we evaluate whether we could work with you and whether we could help you is by coming to a complimentary career clarity call. It's a consult with one of my career breakthrough strategists. And we go through exactly what's going on in your career and what's going on at your soul level. So we, we pull open the hood, look underneath, help you sort it out, get real clarity. And then we want to help sort out where you want to go and what your future might look like if you were feeling awesome. And if we can help you close the gap between where you are today, not feeling awesome and feeling awesome and having a beautiful new job and career trajectory, we may be able to work together. That complimentary career clarity call is, as the word says, complimentary. And that can be booked at mofall.com slash give me clarity, all one word. So when you go to mofall.com give me slash give me clarity, you're going to find a scheduling system and you just make yourself an appointment. When you do that, put it on your calendar, show up for yourself, be bold enough to have a conversation. I know there's over 800 women who are glad that they did and probably thousands more who, for one reason or other, uh, did not uh, begin working with us. But I know that the call is a very impactful, insightful phone call. So that's what we do to get things rolling. Today, I'm going to talk to you about how to stop giving away your power at work. And it starts with the eyes. So you could follow me from a science perspective today. You could follow me from a practical perspective today, and you're going to have some takeaways as we move through the topic for today. 
And the takeaways are going to be this, how to begin processing the world differently so that you're not giving away your power and how to be processing the world differently so that your power is yours. Bear with me while I go through this. So let's start with the eyes. Your eyes see things in a parameter of light that is within a certain band of light, which with a certain band of solidity. Like you can't see air. It's not, it's not seeable to the human eye. But if you had like the right microscope, you would be able to see the molecules that make up the air. And if you had the light spectrometer or whatever other, other instruments are that could do this, you're going to be able to see all of those electrons. And you could see the light of the light of the air that is reflecting on the electrons that make up the air. And there are other subatomic particles below electrons that make up what we consider to be the air. The air isn't empty. It's easy for our eyes to think that the space between my desk and my door is empty, like there's nothing there. But there is. It's just that I can't see it. And furthermore, I can't really perceive it in my body. So I can walk through the space between my desk and my door, I can't walk through my door because it is more solid matter and it meets the solid matter of my physical body and I can't walk through that. But I can walk through the air because it's not as solid. But there are molecules and subatomic particles and light rays and things like that that are between my desk and my door. And most of us in this day and age have Wi-Fi and there's Wi-Fi waves between my desk and my door. There's whatever waves the cell phone travels on between my desk and my door. If I call someone in my living room, my cell phone has gone up to a tower somewhere and bopped back into the living room to that other person's cell phone. I can't see all of that, but it exists. It exists. And we know this because we can hear the sound of the cell phone, we can touch the cell phone that receives the signal, and all that we are able to perceive with our physical senses is within the bandwidth of what we can perceive. So our eyes perceive a certain bandwidth, our physical tactile self can only perceive a certain amount of solidity, our ears can only hear a certain amount of sound waves. I think most of us are aware, at least intellectually, that there's sound waves outside of the realm of our ears. And there's probably things that we can't taste because we only can taste certain things within the realm of our, of our taste buds and our tongue. And we now know by science that there are literally things that some people can't taste and some people can based on their genetic makeup. Everything about the physical body is limited. It is absolutely limited. 
And if you are operating only in the physical world, you are operating in a limited universe. You are. And therefore, everything you try to change in the physical universe, you're going to try to change it with physicalness, which would include talking. So if someone bothers you at work, you're likely to think you can solve the problem by talking, sharing verbal vocalizations from your mouth, which just expresses itself to someone else's ear where their brain's going to pick up the content through their brain processing what they heard in their ear. And their brain is going to then interpret what they heard into their own filter system, into their own brain. And it's possible that if you said, we need to get this report out in a hurry, they're going to perceive that to be Tuesday and you're going to be perceiving that to be five minutes. So all of that that we can do in the physical world is very imprecise and we have to be very good technicians at communicating content in order for people to understand what we're saying. And it doesn't always solve all the problems because most of us are aware that we can actually feel emotions from other people. Now we know we can feel our own emotions because our body, another physical apparatus, feels things when we have emotions. And this is kind of where the unseen and the seen start coming together through our emotions. We create an emotion based on having interpreted input from the world. It could be someone's facial expression. It could be something that they say. It could be something that you see. It could be something that you taste, smell, or hear. All of our physical senses are receiving information, and we could create an emotion on that. But we could also create an emotion based on something that we remember that's unseen or something that we perceive to happen in the future that's unseen. So now we're starting to blend a physical reaction emotion with something unseen. And this is the beginning of how we give away our power. So if you have experience with someone at work, you're potentially going to interpret your ongoing interactions with them to be equivalent to what you've already experienced with that person. So if you've got great rapport, great connection, you totally jam with a person at work, you're going to perceive in the future unseen that you're going to have positive experiences. So your emotional readiness and your emotional thought process is going to be positive and it's going to feel good. That's going to prompt you to be excited and happy to meet with that person. You're going to feel eager and you're going to want to do it. If you have just the opposite experience with someone at work, resistance, they criticize your work, they say no, they look at you funny, uh, they've excluded you from meetings in the past, you heard that they talked negatively about you to someone else, you're going to have negative, bad feelings. Your fear brain's going to kick in to try to protect you from that person. And you're going to create all sorts of belief systems around protecting yourself from that person. Belief systems are also unseen, 
and your future interactions with that person are going to be absolutely affected by those experiences and by your future expectations. The unseen world of memory and future perception is going to affect your physical world in the sense of emotions. And if you play that out long enough, you're going to have a deterioration of your mood based on that person's memory and perception of the future. And that person is going to affect you. That person who you may have had a negative experience and now you're thinking about the future experiences with that person, that person now has control over you. Control over you. This is as simple as it is to give away your power at work. Yeah, but they're my boss and I'm supposed to have that person's whatever. I'm that's, I'm supposed to react that way. And you know, they did diss me in a meeting and I'm supposed to feel that way and I'm justified and ego, ego, ego. The other thing that gets us in trouble <laughs> with giving away our power is our intellect. And when I talk about intellect, there's actually a few different levels of intellect. There's an intellect of mental status, and then there's an intellect of really like psych psychological status. Mental is more like intellectual processing, knowing how to do a spreadsheet, knowing that four plus four equals eight and four times four equals 16. So there are mental aspects of our intellect. And then the psychological aspects to our intellect do things like, yeah, but this is how work is. I'm always going to hate my boss. Everyone feels that way about him anyway. Rationalizations, transference, all the psychological defense mechanisms that create the stories that we wrap around our feelings in order to put them in containers and have them be manageable. Our rationalizations keep us in pain. They're actually trying to protect us from pain, but what they actually do, because it doesn't work that well, is they keep us in pain. Because as much as our danger brain wants to protect us from feeling bad, it clicks into this psychological mechanism that normalizes it, rationalizes it, and creates stories why it's okay. I speak to dozens of women directly on our complimentary clarity calls each and every month. And my team speaks to hundreds. And I've spoken to thousands over the years I've been doing this work, thousands and thousands of women. There are so many human beings out there, and I've done this myself, who stay in bad work relationships 
I'm not even going to talk about people who stay in bad personal relationships, and I've done that myself too, not for a long, long time. There are people who rationalize a bad work environment even if there is no condition in their favor, zero condition in their favor. Let me give you an example because here's the conditions of work. I'm actually just going to write this down so I can repeat this in the second half of the show and go through it with you. Condition number one of uh, at work, contribution. Condition number two at work, compensation. Condition number three at work, community. Condition number four at work, connection and purpose. I'm going to put those two together. Four conditions at work. I put them all to start with a C because I'm cool that way. Contribution, compensation, community, and connection. Those are the things we get out of work. Those are the reasons why we work, and those are the elements that we want to mostly go in a favorable way that meets who we are in order for work to feel good. There are so few people on this planet who can check all four of those boxes to the positive for work. Most of the women we talk to, and ladies, it's not your fault. I do work exclusively with women in my kick-ass workshop. So if you're a guy listening to this, the same principles uh, apply to you. I just don't specifically work with men, professional women with education, experience, and expertise who are not where they want to be in their careers. Contribution. You have to be giving the skills and talents to the highest level that you're capable of in order to feel satisfied. Number two, compensation. You have to be receiving the value in return of the market and or above value of the contribution that you provide to that company. So if you know that most people who do the same type of work that you do make more money, you're going to feel crappy. Okay? That's just the way it goes. Community. If you're not in a organization that you feel jives with you, if their culture is different than, than your sense of self, you're not going to feel in community with that organization. Number four, connection. You have to have personal, individual connections that feel good, that nurture you and you nurture them in order for work to feel good. All four of those point to you, your contribution, your compensation, your sense of community, and your connection. So many people on this planet don't value what you get out of work. You're just going to work and being miserable. Not contributing to the highest level, not being paid what you should be paid, not feeling a sense of community, and for God's sake, not connected to people. Now, some people will stay in a bad environment if they feel connected to people. Some people will stay in a bad environment if they feel that they're compensated fairly. Some people will stay in a bad environment if they feel like they're con contributing. Some people will stay in a bad environment 
if they feel that at least there's like able to hang out with people and do something and their community feels okay. But I'm going to tell you this. If you are not contributing in the manner in which you know that you can, the rest of those three items are not working either. Because if you're being paid less than what you should be paid, it's because the company doesn't value your contribution. Either because you're not speaking up or you're letting them take advantage of you or you are just downright giving away your power and you're not standing in your greatest self and they're just paying you according to what you're accepting because you accept all of that. Each day when you go to work, you're agreeing that the contribution you're giving, the compensation you're getting, the community you're participating in, and the connections that you've got are enough each and every day. And if that's not a true statement for you, then you're giving away your power each day because subconsciously at your soul level, you know that you're giving in and you know that you're playing small and you're scared. And when you're scared, you're going to stay put until you get so pissed off about it that your anger overrides your fear. And that could actually be a good sign, but none of those feelings are in your highest interest. I'm not a big advocate for quitting a job. I'm a big advocate for getting in your power and making the best decision for your highest good. But sometimes women we have worked with and talked to on our complimentary career clarity calls have had no other option because they've been so desperately depleted and given their energy for so long that they have nothing left and they can't spend one more day agreeing to downplay their contribution, compensation, community, and connection. They are done with agreeing to do that. So on a Tuesday they go to work and on a Wednesday they're done. That's no way for a human being to live. And I'm going to talk about what we do about it and what you can do about it in the second half of the show, because your unseen forces are the important aspect. We'll be right back. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Love your work and your life. This is Bring Your Soul to Work with Mo Fall. Welcome back. We're talking about how to stop giving away your power at work. And I spent the first half of this wonderful show talking about how it is that we actually give out or give away our power at work. And I think it's important to remember all of the aspects that I spoke about, which is that we are a physical being and we have physical senses, but that is not all 
that we are dealing with. And I spoke about emotions and I spoke about how thinking about memories and thinking about the future, those both unseen aspects create emotions in our body and we feel it in our body. And when that begins to happen on a negative perspective, we're giving away our power. Honestly, even if someone makes you feel good and you are perceiving the feel good stuff and you are taking action based on the fact, oh, I want to spend more time with Ted in meetings because I like Ted a lot. Ted's controlling you. So anytime we allow our emotional state to control who we are and how we are in the world, those emotions are controlling us. And those emotions are triggered responses based on memories, anticipations, expectations. Sometimes they're based on the fact that we have unmet needs and those unmet needs from way back when speak another language of emotional deficit. Unmet needs can drive our very actions or inactions and we don't even know it because it's a blind spot. Psychological mechanisms are at play all the time, and we can't see those psychological mechanisms, but we can understand them and we can get to the root of them and drive out the ones that are no longer serving us. Because we're physical human beings with a brain and with psychology, which is basically the understanding of how we put together the world, that psychology can literally be put together in a way that helps us. Imagine if a defense mechanism, which is usually a negative uh, concept of coping with life not being so perfect, if we could craft a defense mechanism, which is basically a, a, a series of stories we tell ourselves, let's craft a defense mechanism to the positive. And this is what I help my clients do all day long. You are going to make stories up about you and your life and the world you live in because it's how humans navigate the world. We create stories. And in those stories is us living life. So you could create a story that Ted's not such a bad guy He's just not a good manager or a good communicator. And it's my job in working with him in community at work to help pull out better communication or maybe to perhaps modulate myself so that I'm able to get along better with Ted. I'm not talking about a real Ted. I'm just making up Ted's name. So how we modulate ourselves is in a way to maximize the environment and maximize our ability to be successful in the environment. The problem is, big problem, alarm signals going off, boom, 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 big problem. Most people think that if they modulate how they are in the world, that they're being fake and phony and un inauthentic and all that BS. Because you think being directed by your emotions is authentic. And I consider that to be amateur. 
It is absolutely 100% in your control to not act in accordance with the feelings that you have. As a matter of fact, if I had to kind of put a guesstimate here, I would guess that 80% of the emotions you have or more should not be acted on. And I don't just mean overt actions. I mean you stopping yourself from doing something or starting doing something or whatever based on an emotional response. Going to the grocery store hungry is a perfect example of this. And I've done it all the time. You go to the grocery store with a list and you're hungry and you decide that having graham crackers in the house would be a great idea. They're not on your list, but you know what? At night it's a good snack. So it's not as bad as the chocolate chip cookies. So I'm going to get graham crackers cause that's a good snack. And since you're hungry, you're like body is saying, get them, get them, get them, get them. And hunger is one of those interesting things because it's a real primitive impulse and it makes us do things It overrides our rational brain and it makes us do things that we're not even aware that we're doing. At a certain point, the blood sugar drops and we get cranky, miserable. We're not able to uh, conceptualize brain functions and our neurons are going crazy. Give me something. Uh, so that gets to be desperate. But just in general, if you're hungry, you're not out of control yet, but you sort of are because you're making decisions that are outside the plan and you're making decisions that are maybe not so good for you. I think every human being on the planet has eaten something they hadn't wanted to eat, drank something they hadn't wanted to drink, uh, whatever. The list can go on, right? When we are only operating from our emotions, we're basically hypnotized. Someone else is in charge. When we're operating out of our unmet needs, same story, because it's really a deep-seated emotion we're just not as aware of. Operating from hunger, same story. There's a greater list of those types of things. I won't go into all of it. I'm trying to keep this a family show. Uh, but my realm is really on your spiritual evolution and your career and how that fits together, which is why we have such great results with the work we do. Because if we were just writing resumes and helping you with your LinkedIn profile and telling you to network, but you feel crappy about yourself and every boss you've had has told you that you're, you're no good and you'll never make more than $100,000 a year, you go out networking, it's going to be a failure. And then you're going to convince yourself that you're a failure and that you're not worthy. And then you're going to start making 80 instead of 100. So we don't do it that way because that's a disaster. The better way to elevate your career and yourself is to get your spiritual house in order. And to begin beckoning your divinity in a way that that is in charge of your life. And you don't have to believe in God. You don't have to have a religious affiliation. You don't have to know anything about the Bible. Because I will tell you what, the reason why religions all talk about the same thing is because of something we now know by science. 
you are made of energy. The entire planet is made of energy. The entire solar system and universe is made of energy. Everything that we have the experience of seeing, knowing, understanding is energy. Everything is energy. And I'm not talking about hyped up caffeinated energy. I hope that you're understanding me. It is particle wave energy that we can't see. It is beyond the senses. It is beyond the intellect, although some of it we're beginning to understand intellectually and scientifically, which is why I'm so much more confident in the spiritual work I've been doing. And now I get to coach others on when I started this path 40 years ago, it was more religious truth seeking. And now I know that it's a human experience truth seeking. Every human being has an energy body that has multiple layers. And from a spiritual perspective, we call that your soul. From a science perspective, we might call it your ethereal body. We might call it your astral body. We might call it the cosmic body. Beyond your physical body, there are other layers of energy that emanate from you. And as your energy emanates from you, you are contributing to the greater field of energy. You are a, a participant in the energetic universe. You're adding to it. You're also receiving from it, which is why that when you're tuned into that, you can feel what other people are feeling. You can feel the room. You can sense things. And that in and of itself could be dangerous for you if you're not tuned into your power, because then you're going to be like Swiss cheese and everyone's energy is going to hit you and you're going to get overwhelmed. I have so many people who say, well, I'm an empath. News to the world. Everyone is an empath. Every human on this planet is an empath. Every human on this planet is connected to the energetic field whether you're tuned into it or not, there's another story. But if you're so busy giving out your energy to others, you are going to be 100% penetratable in the energy field because you have wide open windows and doors. It's kind of like if you have a house in the summer and you open all the doors and windows to let the air in, you're going to have the wind, the breeze, the bugs, maybe a bird will fly in. You are penetratable. And a lot of human beings live this way. All their doors and windows are open. And one little thing can set you off. Or you're so upset at things that everyone knows it. This is not being a master of the human experience. This is being an amateur. I know, tough words, but oh, oh. don't be an amateur. You have a choice. If you're over the age of 18, you have a choice on how you live your life. 
You have choices every single day on what to do with your emotional condition in your body and how you express it. You don't have to use your emotions as the way that you live the world. But if you're overcome with emotion because you don't know how to control it, or if you're just wide open and you're letting all your energy out and therefore all the energy around you is coming in, you're out of control. And you're going to be living second by second reaction, 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 reaction. One of the reasons why I believe that so many people classify themselves as ADHD or ADD, not to say that there's not a true diagnosis because I know they can do MRIs and that sort of thing to see that the brain does that topic for some experts, not myself. I do know in the work I do with hundreds and hundreds of women over the years, when you bring your soul's energy to life at a level where it is coming to back to reclaim the power of who you are as a unique human being, you will not be giving away your power and you will not be as penetratable of the energy on the outside world coming into you. You will not be as vulnerable to all the things happening outside of you. And this is not something that happens after a, a Tuesday class. This is something that happens when you practice new ways of living day after day, week after week. Uh, there's a, an author who I absolutely love following. His name is James Clear. He's the author of a book called Atomic Habits. And I believe it came out two years ago, maybe three. It's a wonderful book on how we create habits. So it's a really psychological based book. And it's really, he, he creates all these fantastic little tricks for us to have better habits. Really super smart guy. He has a, a weekly newsletter that is really a lot of fun to read. And, and I believe it was today or yesterday. Uh, he quoted an Aikido instructor on something. And one of the students said, how long will it take me to master this? And the instructor said, well, how long do you expect to live? <laughs> and that's the way it is with life. You're not going to master life in one day or two days. You're not going to master life in 12 weeks. My workshop, I'm getting women going with the basic tools. Now, it's a massive change, massive transformation, massive life-changing experience, upgrading jobs, more money, feel great, better relationships with people, quit smoking, quit drinking. I mean, sleep better, getting rid of anxiety that's plagued them for life. All of that happens in 12 weeks. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning of a new way to live, of a new life perspective. I've been doing this for over 40 years now. I'm just getting started. Mastering life is life. It doesn't stop. It's not a math class where once you finish the textbook and pass the test, it's all good. That's your ego and intellect expecting something that isn't true. So a lot of people who are on a spiritual path get frustrated 
because they expect it to end. A lot of people going through life over the past year are frustrated. When will this end? What are you expecting to end? The pandemic? Human beings? Politics? Government? The economy? Like, it doesn't end. It may have seasons and cycles, but it doesn't end. It's an ongoing unfolding. And when you live from a spiritual perspective, it's an ongoing unfolding of the next best greatest thing for you as a human and for us as humanity. Even when you're in the darkest times, you know if you have a spiritual compass that your highest good is always being served. But when your emotional amateur self or your physical sense self is all you're operating from, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. If you think work is about showing up and doing projects and getting stuff done and communicating to people, you're missing it. Contribution, compensation, community, and connection come from you as a spiritual being. And yes, I did include compensation in that list. All four of those aspects that we get from work, we give to work and work gives to us. And when we are held in our highest spiritual truth and we operate from that perspective, we have mastery of our emotions. We have mastery of conditions. We know that we can shift the world by moving and manipulating in the energetic world first. And when we do that, what we see will shift. If you just live in the physical universe, your emotions will dictate to you. And therefore, your boss, no matter how wonderful they are, will dictate to you. If you love your job just because of your great boss, you're vulnerable and you're not in control. And if you hate your profession and your career because of a horrible boss, you're not in charge either and you're vulnerable. When you are dependent on the external world feeling good or when you are expecting it to only feel bad, you are living in a reactionary amateur way. I have no other way to say it. I know that all human beings can live their spiritual truth. I know that all human beings possess energy bodies, connection to the energy field. You know, it was Max Planck and Albert Einstein in the early 1900s 
over 100 years ago who described mathematically, scientifically, that we live in a unified field. And yet so few human beings live in accordance with that. If we live in a unified field, that means that how I feel and think, the energy I give out into the unified field, affects the unified field. There are so few human beings who are really committed to that truth. But yet it's been a scientific fact for at least 115 years. Now, if something else was a scientific fact for 115 years and you didn't know about it or you weren't living in accordance with that, most people would think you're pretty much not with the program. Okay? Do you know what the transportation looked like in 1905? Do you know what communication looked like then? Do you know what types of jobs there were then? Do you know the expectations of men and women back then? The world has dramatically changed in those years. And yet many human beings don't even understand or live according to one of the biggest scientific principles that was discovered then. We are so busy in the physical world reacting to everything that we forget the basic principle of the unseen world, that it is a unified field and we are connected to it. And we have made a, a fake explanation of it through a lot of the religious practices. You are in a unified field with me and I with you. So if I treat myself well, if I honor my soul every morning and nurture it and grow it and live in gratitude, I'm not only feeling my own soul self every day, I'm contributing to the field in a way that nourishes and enhances it too. Because as is the micro me, as is the macro you, them, the rest of it. We've sort of gotten that, so it is in heaven, may it be on earth. So it is on earth, may it be in heaven. We're unified. It's one field. Your intellect can't grab a hold of that because it doesn't make sense in your intellectual processor because it's limited. You are limited in the physical world. You are unlimited in the energetic, spiritual, beautiful realm in which you also exist. So when you decide to have the commitment to live your life in the spiritual realm, I'm not talking about going to church. Going to church is physical. I'm talking about recognizing that you are part of the unified field. If you're living on your emotions, you are not living in the unified field in a way that helps you. You're actually trashing us and poisoning us. Thank you very much. I'd like you to appreciate this week for yourself, not only how to stop giving away your power by stop being so emotionally tied to other people's emotions, 
and not to be tied so much to the memories or expectations of how you think the world is or how you think people are, but to live in your own spiritual truth of gratitude and the fact that you're an awesome being on this planet. I'd like to help you get there, and I'd like to help you craft a career that makes sense of you, of that through you, by helping you get a better contribution at work, compensation, community, and connection. And we do that by talking with you and seeing if you're ready for that. That's a complimentary career clarity call. You can book that at mofall.com slash give me clarity. If you'd like to hear more about my work and more about me, come attend my masterclass free webinar. Uh, you can access that at mofall.com slash masterclass. And then just scroll down the time options. And there's three time options that you can choose from. Don't speed through it. Pay attention, listen, take some notes, give yourself a gift, mofall.com slash masterclass. Or if you're ready for the call and ready to talk to someone, one of my beautiful career breakthrough strategists, it's mofall.com slash give me clarity. I hope you've enjoyed this busting open of truth, this busting open of how vulnerable we are in giving away our power at work and why it's not necessary. You deserve a higher level life. Coach MoFall, MoFall.com. See you next time. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.